Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman, the eyes of the Olympic world on St. Louis tonight, 7 o'clock, the women's Olympic trials for the U.S. gymnastics team. What an exciting time. Simone Biles, the greatest, is on display tonight along with an outstanding women's team. And joining us, you know, I asked the St. Louis Sports Commission, this was kind of a last-minute thought on my part. I thought, you know, I need somebody to come on who can talk about this. And I asked them actually last night, and you know what they said? How about Shannon Miller? I was just floored. I'm like, really? You're like, Shannon Miller? Shannon Miller said, yeah, I'll do it. And she joins us on the line now on KMOX. First of all, it's not the first time I've talked to you. It's been a while, but I really appreciate this. What what a treat to talk to the seven-time Olympic medalist, two-time gold medalist in the 1996 Olympics. How are you, Shannon? I'm good. I'm good. You know, twist my arm to talk about gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What an exciting night. Uh, what is this like uh, for those competitors right now? Well, actually, what's it like for you as a, uh, a former uh, Olympic gymnast and a, and a medalist knowing what they're going through tonight? I think I'm probably way more nervous than any of them are because as an athlete, yes, you feel the nerves, and but you've practiced, you've done the work, you've trained these routines hundreds, thousands of times, you've got day one under your belt. So yes, you feel the nerves, but you also feel that, that excitement. And also just, I think to some degree, some of that relief of just knowing, am I on the team? <laughs> I think making it onto the Olympic team, especially in the United States and gymnastics, is so much more difficult than actually getting once you're at the Games and you already are an Olympian and you've got the uniform on and the, everything else that happens is really just kind of the cherry on top. So tonight is a big, big night for these women, and I'm just here excited to cheer them on. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. The men's Olympic team was named yesterday here in St. Louis, and tonight is the night for the women. This, by the way, is the first time that the combined women's and men's Olympic gymnastics trials have been in St. Louis. St. Louis, the first U.S. city to host the Olympics in 1904, and here we are in 2021 as an Olympic city. Uh, Shannon, obviously, the big uh, draw here is Simone Biles. Can you put it in perspective what she has meant to the sport and really what she means to American sports? Well, she's just incredibly um, exciting to watch, certainly, just when you talk about specifically the gymnastics. 
her height, her power, her speed, everything is above and beyond anything else anyone in the world is doing. Um, it's a new skill, almost on a consistent basis. <laughs> We've got so many bio skills out there, and it really is just amazing to watch. I think people see that, but I think she's also inspired so many. She's created that excitement and really helped the next generation really believe in their dreams. And whether that's gymnastics or not, they see what she's done, how the hard work has paid off, um, see how great and, and see how not only is she not is she doing great gymnastics, but she's not resting on it. She could be doing the same exact routines as she did five years ago and still be winning, but she didn't do that. She goes above and beyond and really pushes herself. And I think that helps that next generation see that, hey, if you're willing to put in the hard work and the dedication, anything is possible. As you well know, and you were able to win, as I mentioned, 1992 and then 1996 as a team, the Magnificent Seven and that iconic picture of all of you uh, there together was an incredible experience. And and here we are. What uh, this is the 25th anniversary of that. Uh, <laughs> that's hard to believe, actually. It, uh, it, it, yes, it is hard to believe. I'm feeling a little bit dated, but it's a, it's a wonderful. Um, it's just bringing back so many great great memories. Um, being able to stay up with. Uh, so many of my team members over the years and just having that bond. I think that's one thing, you know, being so many years out from 92 and 96, what I look back on gymnastics is the friendships and the bonds, those things that last a lifetime, not only the U.S. athletes, but across the world, um, being able to kind of have that live past long after, long after my uh, competition days are over to really still have those friendships. It's amazing. You have done television. You have spread the word about gymnastics throughout the country and the world. Uh, you've been an ambassador for the sport, but you are also a cancer survivor. And I know that this is now 10 years cancer-free for you from ovarian cancer. What a milestone that is. And, and what is that, uh, what is, uh, in terms of life and uh, how you feel about uh, yourself? I mean, how, how are things going for you? Things are great. Uh, I can't believe I'm celebrating 10 years cancer-free. It's, it's an amazing milestone, and it's really one of the areas I, I spend the most time on is cancer awareness, general health and wellness. And that actually started before I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, but it's really um, ignited that passion in me to really help others make their health a priority and not feel guilty about it. So if I can use my platform gained through gymnastics, a sport I still love and, and support and cheer on these athletes, but I feel like my calling is to help others understand that making their health a priority, it is especially in in this past year and a half uh, with the pandemic, it is not a selfish act. It really is something that we have to do because if we don't focus on our own health, uh, we can't be there for all of those who depend on us. And so that's kind of, I feel like my mission is just really helping others, whether it's you know nutrition or exercise, or it is cancer awareness, diabetes, heart disease. Those are things that have become incredibly important to me. The Shannon Miller Foundation still going strong, Shannon? It is, yes. We started the foundation 
gosh, in 2007, really focused on children and at the time childhood obesity, and it has morphed into really children's areas, whether it's uh, childhood obesity or childhood cancers. And that's, um, that's just still such a special area for me. Let me circle back to what we're about to see tonight. Why do you think gymnastics is so popular? I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe that it is the most watched Olympic event. And then in the winter, I think that's figure skating. But the gymnastics, why is that? You know, I think as a kid, we all wanted to do a cartwheel. We all are amazed by a flip or a turn and landing on your feet after being in the air 10 feet. Uh, It's just one of those things that's innate in us when we're younger, and I think we never lose that. So to watch these athletes add twists, add flips, um, perform to their best in something that you can't always just go out and play. You can't do kind of a pickup game of gymnastics. You really have to have... Um, practiced it in a proper training setting (laughs) and and really have evolved through the sport. And I think just the time and effort, not that other sports don't take time and effort, of course, um, but I think just the the different aspect of of gymnastics that not everyone has the ability to get out there and and try it and do it, and certainly not at the level of, of these athletes. It's just kind of stunning to watch. And we're going to learn so much about the team tonight. And then the Olympic team will be named tonight following the women's finals. Simone, obviously the headliner and case in point, my girls, I'm taking them. My wife and I will take our girls age 14 and 10 tonight. And when I told them that Simone Biles was in town, they were floored. I mean, they were like, what? And my oldest said, why is she in St. Louis? And I said, because we're awesome. Because we're hosting the Olympic trials and they were amazed by that. So, you know, eyes wide open and it's amazing the recognition. And I think that's also part of it is that the sport is connected with our youth extremely well. Absolutely. And there's going to be so many great athletes. And I know Simone is just awesome. She's a great draw. Um, as you're watching tonight, you'll see such great gymnastics. Um, you've got Sunisa Lee and Jordan Childs, who will likely make the team, barring anything catastrophic happening tonight. But all eyes are going to be on that fourth position for the team, that fourth team position, because that's where it's really going to come down to what happens tonight, because you've got three or four athletes that are separated by only tenths of a point for that spot. I did stop by the Dome yesterday, and there are still some tickets available, so you can walk right up to the Dome's box office, and they'll tell you about it. They're really great at at those windows there, or you can go to Ticketmaster.com right now. Uh, at your convenience. The doors open at 5.30. The opening ceremony is at 6.45, so make sure you're in your seats there. They start the competition at 7. So the opening ceremony at 6.45, doors open at 5.30. For the U.S. Olympic trials, for gymnastics, for the U.S. women's team, and then the Tokyo Olympics are July 23rd. Shannon Miller, what a treat to have you on KMOX again. Thank you so much. Great to have you in St. Louis. Enjoy the night. Great. Thank you so much. It's great to have the seven-time Olympic medalist Shannon Miller with us right here on Sports on a Sunday Morning. It's 11-17. We'll take a quick break. We'll hear what Adam Wainwright had to say yesterday following the game. I think it's always important to hear one of the great Cardinals of all time and what he feels about this team that's been limping along here recently. And then John Moselock, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations at 11-30. Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX continues right after this. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. 
Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Happy birthday to Jim Edmonds, celebrating number 51 today, one of the great center fielders in Cardinals history. His former teammate, Adam Wainwright, still going. And Waino pitched yesterday brilliantly, six-plus innings, allowed a run, and walked just one and struck out eight. Cardinals won the game 3-1, to one, and he says about the staff. I think we got a few talented guys that are going to really pick up the slack here. Uh, I think Kobe's on his way to being a superstar and uh kk is super accomplished i mean kk is uh such an unbelievable competitor you know he's uh he's gonna he's gonna do great um carlos is gonna be great i i really believe i still believe that and i still believe john gann could be great um but we'll see what happens with those those two guys but uh we got some talented guys you know and i like going out and pitching i like competing i like having something on the line um always seem to uh, excel in those situations, not always, but usually. Um, I like those spots, but uh, I know our team's a lot better than we've played. We're going to win some games here real soon, a lot of them. Did these situations act as like an extra incentive to you rather than putting too much pressure on the fact that the team was just really in need of a win today? I don't know. I like pressure. I, I get along great with pressure. Um, you know, it's a uh, some, if you're not used to pressure or don't like pressure, this is probably the wrong occupation for you. So, uh, you know, we, we needed a win today. Luckily, we got one. We played, pitched against a, a guy who was um, pitched well against us a few times. Pitched, I think he pitched against Johnny Gant twice and, and against me today, but he's not giving anything to us. We, we, we had some big hits and played some great defense. Dylan made a couple of unbelievable plays, big double plays today. And and uh, t- a couple of timely hits is all it took. Our guys got some power. That's the farthest ball I've ever seen hit the center here. So uh, cool to see that from Goldie also. Adam, we were talking to Paul just now. He happened to mention to us that one of the things that he, he sees in you, likes about you, is that he sees you as a dad. And that's almost sort of the role you have in the clubhouse. What's the, uh, the reaction to that? Yeah. And at least he didn't say granddad. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, you know, Honestly, I could be some of these guys' dads. Um, but uh, I, I've been around for a long time, you know, and uh, I remember playing with uh, Reggie Sanders and Cal Eldred and and Carp and Matt Morris and, you know, all those guys when I was coming up, Supon and Woody Williams. I mean, there was, you know, there was nothing but veterans when I was coming up. Now it's now there's only a couple of us in there. And so, uh, you know, we got a lot of experience. Yachty and I have a lot of experience, Carp and – Andrew Miller, some other guys have a lot of experience and, and it's nice to see those guys really, they continue to come to us, ask questions and, and really want to learn. I love that about our, our young guys. To that end, he, he mentioned another one of your former teammates. He mentioned he had a conversation with Ryan Ludwig yesterday about mental approach and, and, and how the attack thinks to play when maybe it's not going so well. It's the importance of having those kinds of resources, about having that, that sort of wide base to draw from, even if it's not necessarily inside the clubhouse as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean that's a Luddy's a great guy to talk to about that. Luddy, Luddy's uh, Luddy was a guy who had to fight for every opportunity he had, and then finally got that opportunity and ran with it. You know, he was like a utility guy, bounced around AAA here and there, hitting homers, and then you know we we gave him an opportunity. He was a great pinch hitter, and then the next year he what did he hit thirty seven home runs? You know, so he's got a lot of experience. Also played some 
some really good ball in his career. And, and uh, the, the former players here, though, are so good about that. You know, they're, the former players are always looking to pour into the guys who are playing now, and it's such a good tradition we have here. I just got a text from Letty, too. So it was a good, it was a, a good guy, good friend, good teammate. Wayno, should you have been more helpful on that pop foul or just get out of the way when you and, and Paul and Yachty converse on that ball? I should I should have called it. Uh, Yachty Yachty called it, but he was you know trying to make a, a running play. I was pretty well camped, you know, and and uh, in those situations, I had a little World Series, you know, deja vu there. Unfortunately, the ball dropped on me just the same way right in front of the mound. But those situations, you're always as a pitcher, you're always kind of like uh, waiting for someone to take the charge, but you know that if that happens again, I'm just going to call it and just call everyone off and and. Uh, wrestle people if they try to get in the way because it, you know that if I'm camped you know I shag balls all day long every every day that I'm not pitching so I can catch a pop-up just fine I should have called it off that was my fault and you've handled the hitter twice previously so you just go to work on him and forget about that right yeah I mean it's uh the, the ball drops or doesn't drop doesn't change my approach doesn't change uh how am I going to execute the next pitch or or any of the pitches prior to that doesn't change anything in my mind just keep pitching you just got to get back to to pitching making pitches so speaking of balls dropping or not dropping are you despairing of ever reaching 200 now before the season's over here <laughs> wins no batting average oh no uh no I'm gonna hit two I'm gonna hit 200 this year how will you do that? Getting hits, Kamish. Getting, you know, it's not my fault. I just told the coaching staff, it's not my fault. Somebody decided to position the field the way it is and not 50 yards left to where it should be. You know, I mean, I've got three foul homers this year. If I could just tilt the, tilt the, the, you know, tilt the fairway just a little bit left, I'd, you know, now my timing's been off. My, Swing is out of sync, and and I blame all of that on not hitting last year because it surely couldn't be my fault, right? <laughs> Adam Wainwright, I love it. Really good stuff. He's hitting 034, by the way, but uh, a couple of strikeouts yesterday. He's had a couple of loud strikes. There's no doubt about that. Wainwright pitched so well, though. It's amazing, really, what he's done stopping all of these losing skids. He stopped another one yesterday. Can the Cardinals add on today? with Johan Oviedo, who he says, he said this from the beginning, that Ovi's going to be a superstar. We'll talk to John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, live next from Bush Stadium. I'm Tom Ackerman. It's 11:28. back after this. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We do enjoy our baseball conversations with John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, joins us at 1130 every Sunday morning, schedule permitting, and you were always great about it. We really appreciate it. It's even better after a win, I'll tell you that. It was nice to get one yesterday, wasn't it? Well, it really was. I mean, obviously, it's been a, a tough stretch here, and, and uh, you know, you look at how we're playing, it's sort of that classic uh, way of always finding a way not to win. And, you know, that that's a tough spiral to be in. And, and certainly yesterday, um, obviously, we did get a few timely hits. We um, obviously didn't allow them to score. Wayne, it was great. Bullpen was great. It was, it was 
very good day for us, and, and we needed it because, you know, you look over the past uh, couple of weeks, it's been a little bit opposite of that where, where, you know, unfortunately we don't make a play, then we give up a big hit, and the game just sort of spirals. And when you're going through something like that, even when you're down a run or two, it sometimes feels like 10. And, you know, that can be a, a, an emotional toll on a team, and, and that's something obviously that, you know, trying to get back in, on, on our winning ways is what we're focused on, and, you know, clearly that's where our energy is. But, you know, yesterday was a, a great start for us in the sense that, we were able to do a lot of the little things right, and uh, that made a big difference. Yeah, what do you think of those, what do you think turns? I mean, you've been through these before, John. I mean, through the years, you've been through some slumps, and you've seen the team do miraculous things, like in 2011. What do you think the big difference is there, as well as personnel, of course, and health? Well, right, and and some of those things you can control, and some of them you can't, but typically when 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 things are going bad it's like that classic example of you know you don't feel like there's any air in the room and you know right now when you look back over the last couple of weeks it just feels like everybody's pressing too much um you got to remind yourself you can't hit the five run homer you you have to just remain rational um really the simplest way to get yourself back is just remind everybody they have a job to do and just do your job even though baseball is a team game, it's also a very much an individual game. In other words, when you're at the plate, there's not a lot I can do to help you, right? I can coach you. I can give you what some insights on how the pitcher may may um, pitch to you. But in other words, you're holding the bat. It's on you. When you're playing shortstop, ground balls hit to you. It's on you. When you're playing first base, it's your responsibility to you know catch that ball. So it's a game where you got to get back to the very simplistic basis of just doing your job. And when things aren't going right, you see a little bit of a, a crack in, in getting those jobs done. And um, as, you, as you've seen, um, once that begins, it, it can really feel like an uphill, uphill battle. And the Cardinals will go today with Johan Oviedo on the hill. And then, as uh, Mike Schilt told us, and as the team has announced, uh, Wade LeBlanc is going to make the start tomorrow. And that's a development. I mean, that's somebody that you found, you were able to add, and so far so good for Wade LeBlanc, the lefty. Well, obviously, the the, the current way things were going, we, we have to make some changes. And when I look at at what we thought really was, you know, Wade is stretched out. He obviously was, was pitching at AAA, so we'll give him this opportunity. Clearly, when you look at our starting pitching, it's been extremely inconsistent, especially over the last uh, month and a half, ever since, you know, Jack went down, um, getting Mikeless for just a couple innings. It's, 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 that part's been a bit frustrating, but we need to just get some outs, get some innings out of our starters, And hopefully if we can do that, even if the starter only goes three innings, it still gives us the ability to to not find ourselves behind. So that's the most important thing. Um, You know, our starters need to get back to throwing strikes. That's really critical for our success. And, you know, the one thing about Wade LeBlanc is he is a strike thrower. So when you look at sort of his struggles over the last couple of years, it's really been, you know, keeping the ball in the ballpark. But, you know, right now, we need to find guys that can get in the strike zone and give us a chance. And those are uh, around. I mean, it's not the easiest thing to find, but you did find somebody on the outside. 
Um, I would never put you in a position, of course, to show your hand, but what is the trade market like out there? Last We talked last week. It's a seller's market, and it is pretty much up until the deadline, isn't it? Does it change uh, from week to week? It doesn't really change week to week, um, but, you know, baseball always works on deadlines, and, you know, things get more active as you get closer to deadlines. And, you know, right now with a lot of pitching being injured, you know, everybody's trying to to find people that can give them innings. And it's just a tough search. I mean, look, Cleveland started the season with five starters and none of the five are actually pitching for them right now. So it just, it's, it's something that, you know, we're all trying to deal with and, and try to get through. And, you know, as, as we look and search, which we do every single day, see if there's some opportunity out there that makes sense for us. And we'll continue to do that um, throughout the year. So um, we're not going to stop trying. And, you know, clearly though we need some people that are on this club now to to understand that, um, you know, get their job done and we'll be okay. John Gant goes to the bullpen. We did talk to Schultz about that last hour, but what is that from your perspective, your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I think for him, he's got to get back to, to where, he's it's not just striking people out but it's more just being in the zone and i think the free pass has caught up with him um i don't think any of us thought that was a sustainable model throughout the year i mean obviously he pitched well when he had a lot of traffic on the bases early but i mean look this team was built on defense and if you're not going to use it it's gonna it's gonna add stress in other places so um you know clearly we feel like he needs to get back to what he was good at, and hopefully putting him in the pen will help with that. And I wouldn't put you in the prediction business either, but I, I will ask you about Miles Michaelis. Do you think that there's a chance we could see him getting out there and pitching competitively, at least to, in a rehab uh, situation, fairly soon? Well, I would imagine he's getting a, a closer, but as you know, he's on the 60, so mathematically there's there's only so there's only a reason to push him so quickly. Um, so right now we're just allowing him to continue to get more confident in, in his arm. And, you know, I do expect him to pitch competitively for us this season, but as far as exactly when, I think that's still a TBD. I do see that Bader's in the lineup for Palm beach. Uh, that's a, that's a heck of a one, two, three right there today for Palm beach. You got Bader, <laughs> Mason, Wynn, and Jordan Walker, who is just out of uh, just crazy good right now. Uh, Bader, how close is he? He's getting closer. Um, I think, you know, after today, if all goes well, likely uh, then join Memphis, and we'll just see how things go. But um, had some feedback from him last night and this morning, and, and he's feeling pretty good about where he's at. John Torres is the leadoff hitter in Peoria, and he's been pretty hot lately, hasn't he? Yeah, I was up there last week. Um, you know, that team is, is, is pretty impressive. Between him and Nunez, those guys give you good at-bats. Um, from the pitching standpoint, I thought – you know, those guys competed, and that was nice to see. Um, you know, they got off to a little bit of a rough start, but they've seemed to right their ship a little bit, and, um, you know, that's very encouraging. The Springfield Cardinals will come at you today with Perez, Gorman, Herrera, and Burleson. That's uh, a heck of a foursome, too. And obviously we've talked a lot about Nolan Gorman, but Alec has been playing pretty well, hasn't he? He has. Uh, obviously, uh pretty impressive to be a year removed from the draft and already competing at double a so uh, that's pretty exciting and then finally at memphis uh, how are things going there well you have lane thomas in a dh role batting second today and justin williams batting third playing right field so you have two players that 
I think what you're trying to do there, Mo, is trying to get those two more at-bats while you give Lars Newtbar a look. Well, I think it'd be tough to find them at-bats right now here in the big leagues, so they're better off playing every day. They're still young, and they're, they're still working on their trade, so that's what they should do. Um, you know, my hope is, is they take advantage of that time down there. And Angel Rondon is the starting pitcher for Memphis today. And then finally, you know, this was kind of a theme this last week, and you touched on it a week ago, that uh, you feel confident in your coaching staff. And the Cardinals manager, Mike Schild himself, last hour when we chatted about it, said, you know, this this can be however people want to look at it. But for me, a comment that Tommy Edmond makes, or that any player makes for this matter, uh, he it is a combination of staff, uh, but also that players take ownership for what they do. And it does appear, and Nolan Arenado kind of amplify these comments, that there's a lot of preparation going on in the background right now uh, just to try to get this thing back on track. Is that how you see it from your seat? I do. And, and you know, look, I understand the public wants to see us winning baseball games. The public wants someone to be held accountable for lack of, of either production or success. But you know, this is a group that, that works tremendously hard. Um, now, there are things that maybe they should be tweaking on, on how they think about preparation and, and how they think about getting players ready. In other words, there's a lot of ways you can think about teaching. And one of the things that we've always tried to do here is make sure that there's a voice each player slash student could hear. And in other words, Sometimes a coach and you may not resonate together, so we hope there's someone else that can step in and do that. And, you know, one of the things that we just wanted to make sure that, that, that we're focused on is, is making sure that strategy is in place. It's not like one person has all the answers, and that's how we, 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 we sort of anchor to. So it's creating some flexibility. It's making sure those communication channels are open. And, uh, you know, look, I understand that our fan base is, is anxious, our fan base has high expectations, and you know we certainly want to, to, to make sure that we can, can improve upon where we are, and we know we, we are not in a spot where we can simply say, ah, we've got all the answers, but we're going to continue to try to get better. Um, I assure you our coaches are working hard, and um, we all agree the current way we're playing is not acceptable. Good luck today. We really appreciate these visits. Go get a win and uh, see what happens as you can string some together, perhaps, this week. Thank you very much for the visit. All right, you bet, Tommy. Be well. Thank you. John Mozeliak, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations on KMOX. We have the Cardinals game at one fifteen today, twelve twenty first pitch. This is sports on a Sunday morning. We'll come back and take a little trip around sports. There's a lot going on beyond baseball and gymnastics, that's for sure. We'll take a look. Coming up, it's 11.45. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, no. Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. The Cardinals play at 1.15 today. 12.20 is the pregame. The Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Pirates trying to wrap up this series. Pirates have been tough on them 
And the Cardinals have not played well over the last week plus, and they've had a tough season, but they are sitting three games under 500. They do play today with Johan Oviedo, still in search of that first major league win. We'll see if he can get it today, and we'll see if that Cardinals lineup can generate more offense. Yesterday, three runs, but they were big. I mean, Yadier Molina with an RBI single, and the key was Dylan Carlson drew a walk right out of the gate then the hit by Goldschmidt, and then even though there were two outs consecutively, Arenado and O'Neal, Yachty comes through with a big hit. Then DeYoung with the blast in the second inning was an absolute bomb, and then Paul Goldschmidt said, I'll see that and send you this one that went over Freeze's lawn in center for a 470-foot mammoth shot. And then the Cardinals' bullpen's terrific. Henesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, Alex Reyes. I know they've pitched a lot. Uh, but not Gallegos and Reyes recently. You know, Cabrera gets a lot of action, I think, but you know they have to get Gallegos and Reyes out there, and they had that opportunity yesterday and got it done, and that's a really good back end of the bullpen right now. I wonder what the Cardinals will do in terms of the trade market. Will they get aggressive? I don't know if they're willing to deal any prospects, folks, uh, like high-level prospects. I think they're a little shy on that based on what's happened in the past and also that they have that gap between single A and triple A or double A if you're talking about elite prospects. What do the Cardinals do with their rotation moving forward if it's internal? I mean, I still think they need to go out and find, uh, if it's not Max Scherzer or Kyle Gibson, you go find an innings eater, somebody that can gobble up some innings and throw strikes. That's what they're looking for, I do believe. If that's internal, great. But I, I don't see a lot of options there. I mean, are they going to bring up Matthew Libertor? I mean, look, it's he's he's really good, and maybe you do. Maybe you give it a shot over a, a you know a Carlos Martinez or a John Gant in the rotation who's already been dropped out, and and Wade LeBlanc is starting tomorrow. But the Cardinals have got to figure out a way to stabilize the rotation. I think things start to turn for him. I think this offense is too good to be as down as it is. And, you know, Arenado made a good point the other day. He said that what's happened. In fact, I'm going to play it for you because he makes this point that usually somebody is carrying the load while everyone else is struggling. That's not, that is not what's, I can't even talk right now. That isn't what's happening right now. I'm so excited about it. Here's Arenado. It's hard for me to speak for everyone. You know, I think as a collective group, we need to have just better quality at bats. I feel like we've done that lately. I think the talks are good. The hitting coaches have been all on board. I mean, we're all communicating very well. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, our hitting coaches are preaching the right things. And uh, we're all around the same page. It's just, you know, sometimes... Like I said, we're all kind of like scuffling at the same time, and uh, that's tough. You know, usually you have some people keeping you afloat. You know, you have some guys carrying it, and then the other guys, you know, you know they're having their moments, and then hopefully it all comes together. Right now it seems like we're all kind of scuffling at the same time. So hopefully that just means we're all going to get out of it at the same time and hopefully turn the, you know, turn the page and, you know, <clears throat> finish this first half on a good note and then, 
make a run in the second half. He's one of those players. They've been through the battles. So they'll see where they can take this today. One fifteen start. Joe Pot has pregame at twelve twenty. Switching off of baseball for the moment. Of course, you know gymnastics tonight. The U.S. Olympic trials with the women competing tonight and Simone Biles, the greatest to ever do it, right here in St. Louis, the Dome at America Center at seven o'clock. You can use the rewind feature on the Odyssey app to listen to Shannon Miller, the seven-time Olympic medalist, was with us live on KMOX and she was absolutely awesome explaining everything that's happening over there. I'll be there at the Dome tonight. Can't wait to see it. Kyle Larson, the hottest driver in the world, has had three straight cup wins. He was in line for a fourth yesterday, but he blew a tire on the final lap at Pocono Raceway, and that allowed his Hendrick teammate Alex Bowman to win the race. That's the sixth consecutive victory for Hendrick Motorsports and the third for Bowman in his last 10 starts. Larson passed Bowman with three laps remaining. He was about a mile from becoming the first driver since Jimmy Johnson to win four consecutive cup races. You know when that was? 2007. That's how amazing it is what Kyle Larson has been doing, but he did not come up with the victory yesterday. It went to Alex Bowman. The Stanley Cup final starts tomorrow, and it's Montreal against Tampa Bay. Patrick Maroon, the St. Louis and the Oakville native is going for three straight Stanley Cups. That's a hat trick, a natural hat trick of Stanley Cups for Patrick Maroon. If he can get the job done, that would be awesome. Uh, we'll say we'll see what happens between the two. Montreal and Tampa Bay is a really nice matchup. I like that Stanley Cup final. I'll definitely keep an eye on that. Three-time Travelers champion Bubba Watson continues to share the lead in Cromwell, Connecticut, after a two under sixty-eight in his round, and uh, Lizette Salas and Nelly Corda are co-leaders heading into the final round of the KPMG women's PGA championship going right now. The PGA tour champions coming to St. Louis in September, that first full week of September, Steve Stricker is up by four shots through three rounds of the Bridgestone senior players championship, but his lead could have been a lot more. He missed some greens, had some bad putts, steadied himself though, and came out with a very good round. The champions, they're going to play at Norwood Hills uh, that first full week of September in the Ascension uh, Charity Classic presented by Emerson. That is going to be a good time. Cannot wait to get after that. There's a lot going on in sports, including the NBA Western Conference Finals, and the Phoenix Suns scored just 34 points in the second half and still won a ball game yesterday, beating the Clippers 84-80. Devin Booker, 24 points, fouled out in the final minute, but he has been great. Uh, the NBA continues on today with the Bucks at the Hawks tonight at 7.30. The tip-off there with Milwaukee and Atlanta even at a game apiece. Thanks to producer James O'Sullivan. Great guests, John Mosellock, Shannon Miller, Mike Schilt. I'm Tom Ackerman. Cardinal baseball comes your way after the 12 o'clock news on The Voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.